strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raider. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Then zone for Fitz. Goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! And we come off the ball with a quote. We are quoting former player guest this season of the Big Red Rage and potential future player host <laughs> of the Big Red Rage. Heck, maybe even future color analyst of the Arizona Cardinals, Kelvin Beecham, who earlier this week on the NFL calendar turning to the month of December, and I quote, this is real football. <laughs> So, Wolf, if you're not mentally ready at this moment for an extremely real edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, we are Santan Ford. This might be a good time to maybe, I don't know, fake some technical difficulties, you know, come up with an excuse, save some face, if the moment is too big for you right now that it's December. Paulie, I'm telling you right now, you can feel it, can't you? You can feel how big this game is. It looms, does it not? The Los Angeles Rams coming into State Farm Stadium. This is a huge fulcrum-type game in the season. It'd be one thing if you were 6-5, and five, as the Cardinals are, and hanging on to the last playoff spot, as they are. It'd be another thing if, oh, I don't know, you've played five straight games decided by seven points or fewer, including four games that were decided by three points or less, which, oh, by the way, that's all true as well. But now it's all compounded, is it not, by the fact that you're welcoming in a Rams team and you've never beaten their head coach, Sean McVay has won all six encounters against his division rival, Cardinals and Rams. And the truth, as we mentioned, this is an extremely real addition to the Big Red Rage. The truth is it hasn't been close. The combined score of those six wins by the Rams, 195-56. Oh, my goodness, Bully. That's so brutal right there. You know what I think of when I think of the Rams and I think of Sean McVay? I think of London. Do you remember London, Paul? (laughs) Right? Do you remember that? Was that game, Paul, got a little nasty, did it not, Paul? You you, you want a quick quick Pauly postcard? So the Cardinals lose 33-0, I believe, was the final. Okay, thank you, Paul. And it was the worst locker room setup you've ever seen. It was so cramped. It wasn't even made for, like, a high school baseball team. It was so cramped. So then you get out of there, you do the interviews, and then you realize that we have a 15-hour trip home. I believe it was 14, Polly. For, coming off it the loss. It did take us 15, but it was 14, they said. And I'm standing in line at Heathrow and Customs <laughs> waiting to get on the flight, and I turn around because there's this big hulking guy behind me, and I look, and it's our starting quarterback, Carson Palmer, in his arms in a sling, yes. and he's done for the year. It can always get worse, Paul. It can and it did at that moment. There's no doubt about it. I think of the Rams. This is going to be the most physical game of the season right now. This game is going to be won and lost on the line of scrimmage. Make no mistake. In a gross simplification of the truth, Paulie, it's going to be won and lost in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Can I name drop for just a minute? Because no. Because different games are circled on a calendar 
by different players for different reasons. If you're an offensive lineman, do you think when the schedule comes out every April that perhaps you look to see where the Rams are if you're an offensive lineman? Well, more specifically, you look to see where Aaron Donald is. (laughs) Exactly. I bring that up, and the name drop is Carson Palmer himself because I did a broadcast with him earlier this week, and I asked him about the all-time best defenders he ever played against. He said there were three, and immediately he identified three. Ed Reed, Troy Palomalo, and there was another guy that he said he truly feared going against, Aaron Donald. <laughs> Paul, you know, I'm surprised. Did you sit down with Carson somewhere and have a maskless lunch somewhere, Paul? It was a, it was a Zoom podcast slash broadcast. <laughs> we covered a lot of topics. And he said, he said the thing about Aaron Donald that was so imposing, it's one thing if the guy's on the edge, but when he's sitting there in the A-gap and you're under center and you realize that I'm going to be in three steps into a seven-step <laughs> drop and he could be on my back, he said, you realize uh, this could be a problem. You weren't eating a salami sandwich talking to him, Paul? Marcus Golden, our guest on the Big Red Rage. Snap to Newton. He's just going to take it running left, but he's got running room at the 40. Heads for the sideline, gets drilled by Simmons on the far side of the 46, and a flag comes down. Newton got the first down, and Simmons hit him late. That's going to put the ball in Cardinal territory. Oh, my goodness. He was in bounds. He was in bounds when he got hit. 50-yard attempt to win the game for Nick Folk. Tied at 17, three seconds to go. Folk is ready. Snap, ball is down, the kick is up. The kick is good, and the Patriots win the game 20-17. A brutal loss for the Cardinals. Zin Gonzalez misses a field goal. The Patriots make one, and they win it 20-17, and the Cardinals fall to 6-5. and five. Game-winning kick that was akin to a kick to the gut as the Cardinals fall in New England, quoting Cam Newton. All about the quotes on this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. I'd rather have an ugly win than suffer a pretty loss. And Cam, you put the ugly into ugly win. There's no doubt about that. Nine of 18 passing, just 84 yards through the air against that Cardinals defense. Mm. He had a passer rating sub 24, zero touchdown passes, two picks. Their scoring drives, though, Wolf, you ask, well, wait a minute. How exactly did New England win when their quarterback had a passer rating of 23.6? They had less than 200 total yards, but their scoring drives covered 46, 35, 31, and 33 yards. Well, I don't think you have to ask yourself after you say that right there. When you say those numbers, Paulie, think about this. The Patriots had 16 first downs, 12 first downs if you eliminate how they got penalties and first downs think about that paul 12 first downs in the game there were four of 11 on third down which is bad they had 179 yards overall i and this is this is you just do not win football games with those kind of numbers right there and as soon as you hear those numbers the first thing i think of is a failure on the offensive side of the ball yeah, and you know what? You got the fast start you wanted. That's what's so vexing about this. Yeah. Remember, we did Cliff Kingsbury's TV show last week at this time. He said, you know what? I'm so tired of talking about getting a fast start and stressing and emphasizing in practice. I'm doing the opposite. I'm not mentioning it at all. So what happens? Third play of the game, our guest tonight on the Big Red Rage, Marcus Golden with his first career pick. We'll talk to him about that. They convert that into a touch. The first play from scrimmage, 19 yards, but it was the longest play from scrimmage all game. They get out to the 10 nothing lead. But again, it's how the game ends. And the way the first half ended, where the Cardinals didn't get any points on that fateful fourth and one, it was really fourth and six inches, and Kenyon Drake got stuffed, and 
After the game, Wolf, the Patriots cited that as an emotional, motivational lift. They outscored the Cardinals 10-0 coming out of halftime, and Mm -hmm. the rest is – what about that halftime sequence? Now that you've processed it, and I know you've been asked about this wherever you go, what would you make of that decision? The the decision to go for it on fourth? To go for it. Absolutely. Fourth and a few few inches. Are you kidding me? You had a 15-play drive right there. It was fourth and six inches for the most part, maybe five inches, Paulie. I'm lining up, and I'm going to go for it in that situation. Yes, I know I'm getting the ball after the half. I understand that. But to me, you're on the road. You're playing the Patriots. It was a message of confidence to your offensive line and to your guys. And I can tell you right now, Paulie, if in fact Cliff Kingsbury did not go for it in that situation and kicked the field goal, which basically would have would have deflated everybody, I think it could have had a bigger impact in in halftime on those players going in there thinking, man, the coach does not believe we could actually pick that up and score a touchdown and take the lead going into this game. I... I Honestly, to me, I look at that and think there could have been bigger damage that was actually done by attempting a field goal in that situation. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. You would know that, having spent a decade in the NFL and being in those locker rooms. For me, I was screaming, take the points, just because the opponent you were playing was having such a tough time generating points. It's one thing if you're playing the Chiefs and Mahomes. Heck, if you're playing the Rams and Jared Goff and Sean McVay, I get it. But But can I tell you, Paulie, honestly, it's an old saying, and this is true, especially amongst players. If we can't get fourth in six inches, we don't deserve to win. Period. Kyler Murray. On a common theme in the recent losing string, three of the last four. In the games that we've lost, we've just kind of found a way to uh, shoot ourselves in the foot. Um, you know, in, in a lot of games that we feel like we should have won, we come out and we you know shoot ourselves in the foot, and it's 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 not a good feeling to keep doing that over and over again. You know, we just we we got to clean it up. You know, it's pretty obvious. I think everybody watching it sees it. There's. Yeah. Another theme, by the way, after the Seattle and New England game, and it's the defensive players from both sides talking about how they were hell-bent on not letting Kyler Murray run. In fact, Adrian Phillips, their safety linebacker for the Patriots, said, we really made sure that no matter what, we're going to we're gonna pressure this guy. We're going to bring it after him. We're just not fixing to let him run around. So, Wolf, have these defenses adjusted here recently? And how has that impacted Kyler and the Cardinals' offense? Because you know the question he's heard most this week. Can the Cardinals win? Can the Cardinals be effective on offense if you're not running the ball? Yeah, Paulie, there's no doubt about it. A defensive game plan is starting to formulate in regard to how you're going to play Kyler Murray. You're going to play heavy on the edges. You're not going to let him get outside of the pocket. You're going to keep him in front of you. You're going to collapse the pocket around you. It's going to be a lot of five-man pressures collapsing that pocket around. You're not going to let him throw the ball down the field you're gonna make Kyler Murray beat you with his arms not his leg his arm and that right there Paulie is a dangerous proposition because we know he's accurate we know we can throw the ball down the field but man right now it's clear Bill Belichick at least made that statement you make Kyler Murray beat you with his arm I tell you, from October through mid-November, Kyler Murray ran for a touchdown, at least one touchdown. In five straight games, the Cardinals went 4-1. and one. The last two games, he had 15 yards on the ground against Seattle, 31 on the ground against New England. Losses, 31 yards or less of rushing for Kyler Murray as a Cardinal. The Cardinals are 1-9-1. and one. That's real, Paul. We'll talk to Marcus Golden next on the Big Red Rage. 
Cardinal showing blitz. Here they come. Snap to Newton. Gets hit. Ball flutters up into the air. And it's picked off by Golden at the 23-yard line. And he's tackled. There is pressure backside. Cam Newton's arm was hit. The ball popped up into the air. And it's picked off by Golden. Oh, what a great way to start. On the first series, they came after him. A six-man rush. It was Jordan Hicks who knocked the ball into the air. About that, the first third down of the game in New England. Wolf, there's you and Pash. There's an old saying, Dave calls his college basketball and NBA, old saying in hoops that the ball finds energy, right? Yes. So it's only fitting that when Jordan Hicks storms the pocket and the ball's up in the air, boom, that it ends up in the midst <laughs> of our special guest. Indeed. Great to have him back in Arizona. Great to have him back on the Big Red Rage. Say good evening to Marcus Golden. Here Marcus, we go. how are we doing? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Great to be back. I appreciate you, man. It's, it, I, I feel good just to be able to talk to y'all again. It feels good. I'm Absolutely. Happy to be back. Marcus, thank you so much, buddy. It's great talking to you as well. How physical was this game against the Patriots? In terms of games that you've played, how physical was this one? It was up there. It was up there. I was I was pretty sore after the game Sunday, and then Monday woke up a little, little sore. So, you know, it was a – uh, run heavy game. They came down here running a lot of linemen was pulling. So it was one of them games that I like to be a part of for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you turn that football into a souvenir. Uh, wh- what are your plans for your first career interception? Uh, the football itself, you, do you have it there at, at the house? Yes, I got it. I got it here. I got it. I had picked it up from my locker today and put it in the car and took it with me, That's man. Good. So. I probably, I probably just save. I'm gonna have to save this one for myself, man. Give it to my son when he get a little older, or something. Well, but you, this one, this one, pretty special. So I'm gonna keep this one. You heard the play-by-play, Passion Wolf. Give us your play-by-play, Marcus. Take us through that play, and then boom, the ball's up in the air. Oh, uh, so yes, yeah, yes, like you said, man. The, the play started. I, I went from rushing, and before you know it, Jordan Hicks. I saw him coming in fast. Jordan made it happen. He. He went in there, did the hard work, and after he did that, the ball was in the air. And then, of course, it felt like it was in the air forever. I'm sitting there watching the ball in slow motion, and then it, it came right to me. I just had to jump up a little bit, and then it came right in my hands. And after I caught it, I'm like, okay, let me try to run. But they was on me pretty quick, so I couldn't do nothing. <laughs> you wanted to get that thing in badly. I know you did, right? I so, did, man. Yes. I did. I wanted to go back to my old running back days when I caught it, but they, they got on me quick. So I was like, I'll just take this one. I, I went right to the sideline and told Jordan, thank you. <laughs> Marcus, did you get the opportunity to hit Cam Newton, and did that hurt you when you hit him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't get the chance I wanted to, but but uh, no, no, I ain't get the chance. Cam's a good quarterback, man. He's pretty big, probably the biggest quarterback I ever faced in my career. <laughs> but he, he uh, still got it in him, man. Still got a lot in him, was out there running around, but I got a lot of respect for Cam. I mean, Marcus, take us through that game and the takeaways for your defense. Two interceptions by the Cardinals' defense. Uh, they had less than 200 yards total offense. Cam had 84 yards passing, no touchdown passes. His passer rating was 23.6. Mm. So, yes. I, you know, you, you tell me, what was the film session like this week? Because there was so much to like about what the defense did, except for the final score. Yes, of course. Of course, you, when you play with have a game like that as a defense, everybody was excited and happy. But that's what I respect about this defense. And just from me being here, from my short time of being here through the season, it's, it's 
it's, that's been good to see because we move right on. We move. We look at the mistakes. We celebrate what we did, but we look. We try to go in and fix the mistakes and move on. But it was pretty exciting to watch the film. And when you have a game like that, you got to give credit to the coaches, man. The coaches put a good game plan together. And we went out there and executed, and it felt good to go out there and, like like Wolf said, had a physical game and come out on top on, in stats. But of course, you want to always get the win. But it felt good to get out there and have a good game as a defense. Marcus, what was the game plan defensively in terms of defending Cam Newton? in this Patriots offense. Can you give us a couple of pointers on that? Really, you really you knew it was going to be a physical game. The game plan was to get out there and be physical and do what we had to do to stop the run. And, uh, and of course, coaching drew us some good plays and everything that was able to – of course, Cam didn't have a good day passing, so coaching grew up, drew up with some good plays. And, but that's what I, I just said. We played real hard, and, and coach, coach got us right that week, and we was able to get out there and execute. You know, we've been giving Vance Joseph props uh, pretty much all season. But when you look at this now, you know, you realize here as we go into week 13, 16 different Cardinals defenders have at least one sack. Mm -hmm. That leads the NFL. 24 different players have started a game on defense this season for Vance Joseph. Just tell me about the degree of difficulty and trying to get everyone dialed in and how much more impressive that is considering. Yes, that is. That's some good numbers. That's something I didn't even know about that. So, yes, I got a lot. Just from playing with Vince the, the last couple games from being here, man, I, I love playing in this defense. It's physical. It's, you get out there, you get to get out there and compete and try to make plays. So, I got a lot of respect for him and what he's doing up here, man. I, and I'm glad to be a part of it. On third down, Marcus, talk to me a little bit about scheme and what you guys are doing. Would you would you characterize yourself as an aggressive defense on third down, or does it matter more game by game and game plan? Yes, I, of course. In the NFL, you, you you play so many different teams each week, so of course you go by the game plan and what you're playing each sure. week. But at the same time, you get to get like I said, you get to get out there and compete and be aggressive and try to get out to the quarterback in this defense and. Of course, for a player like me, I love to come and be a part of a defense like that. You talk about getting after the quarterback. We're on board with Marcus Golden, Cardinals 2015 second-round pick here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. And you talk about getting after the quarterback. I think of Isaiah Simmons at the end of the game and that Mondo hit on Cam. By the way, once again, everybody now, he was inbounds, but we know how it works. You know how it works, Marcus. You hit the quarterback too hard, they're likely to throw the flag. Uh, Tell us about Isaiah Simmons, especially the past couple of weeks as he's flashed, and just tell us about his progress and what you've seen. Oh, yeah. Of course, man, on that play, he was out there competing, trying to make a play for the team to win, so you can't do nothing to respect that, especially especially from a young player, man. Just from being here, being here with him, he's been here, been able to make plays and help us out on the defense, and I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for him. Of course, he got a bright future. You can see him just from the plays he's been making. He got a real bright future, and I'm excited for him. You know what, I, Marcus? I love the fact that he put the wood to Cam Newton right there. Right? I mean that that bodes well to me. It looked like I mean Cam's a big guy. And he was running fast, yeah. and it was legal, and it was in bounds, and he stuck the the shoulder on him good, and he pulled his head. He did everything right. That's why I felt so bad for him. But based on what you've seen right now, will will Isaiah Simmons stick his face into the fire? That's my question. Hey, that's what it is. as you, he just said. He, I guess he proved it with that play right there, hitting Cam and. And showing that he's trying to win, and showing that he's trying to compete and actually win the game. And that, like I said, I respect that, especially coming from a young player. And that's what I see in him. He get out there, 
each week, and he competing, he competing in practice, and he working hard to try to win the game. So I got a lot of respect for him, man. He got a bright future. How much are you thinking as a defender these days? Is it tougher than ever to play? Do you have to think before you hit? No, no, not. I mean, you know how it is. You, when you get out there and play football, you just know guys been playing it the right way. And you, I feel like it ain't been too many penalties, especially with the teams I've been, the defenses I've been playing with. But you have those penalties sometimes. But I, I, I don't feel like you got to think when you're out there. At the end of the day, you got to play football fast and, and physical. But I don't, I don't feel like guys out there thinking. It's just sometimes those type of plays happen. Well, before the Cardinals, there was Missouri. There was Mizzou for Marcus Golden. Before that, there was another football experience with a current teammate who's on the Cardinals defense. We'll get into that. And, Wolf, yeah. you realize that Marcus Golden has already played the Rams this year. Yeah. <laughs> with the Giants, he's already – so he's going to play him three times in the regular <laughs> season. We'll get into that as well. It is a Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Newton takes the snap. He's going to give it to Harris up the middle, and he's drilled by Devondre Campbell. Pitch to Harris, running left side, and he's in trouble behind the line of scrimmage and thrown to the ground by Campbell. Here's a jet sweep to Harry on the far side. Devondre Campbell has it sniffed out. Newton drops back to throw. Steps up in the pocket, gets hit by Devondre Campbell and sacked at the 25-yard line. You want to talk about bring your own energy. The defense certainly did. No doubt. B-Y-O-E, bring your own energy. It is necessary on the road. Uh, I mean, it really is strange when you're in these road venues and there's not a single fan. Uh, you know, Cardinals are going to have a smattering of fans on, on Sunday, uh, but it, it, it is vital. And we see what happens when the Cardinals have not had that energy. There was the loss against Carolina Wolf. Of course, Marcus Golden was not there for that. And anytime mm-hmm. Marcus is around, you're guaranteed to have some energy. He's our guest here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Tell us about that, the dynamic of being on the road, because – Marcus, if I listen to you guys in years past, so much of what you guys brought on the road was us against them, and you're feeding yeah. off the fans and the haters, right, and they're behind your bench. Well, how different is it, and how difficult can it be at times when you, you don't have that element firing you up? Yes, yes. I got to admit to that, man. I was one, because early, I'd be like practice. I'd be able to get out there, bring our own energy. But, yeah, when you play in the weight games and it ain't no fans there, it's, it's, it's different. It's a lot different than what we used to. Because, you know, the fans, you need the fans. You need the trash talk, the, the noise, the fans being loud when the other team scores. Like, when you get a sack, you hear noise. It's just it's just different. It's a lot different now, man. But that's, that's hopefully, hopefully we can get that back. But that's why I appreciate playing in Arizona because our fans, that, that was pretty pretty good. That was pretty good for, for the last game I played in at the home game. Marcus, do you feel any pressure that you've got to be that guy, that you've got to be the energy guy, that you have to be, that your teammates need to feed off that energy, that you need to lead that way? Do you feel any pressure? No, no, not at all. Not at all. That's, that's just who I am. And when I'm playing the game, I get out there and compete and have fun, and especially with, with what's going on now, you got to really do that. So I just I appreciate being in the NFL and especially being back in, in Arizona and being able to be a partner again. So I got enough. That's enough for me to get out there and, and want to compete. So I don't, I don't feel no pressure at all. 
Well, it's all about you, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Uh, Marcus Golden, we're going to hit the rewind button here because you mentioned you're a Cardinal. Uh, you were a Giant, and then you were a Cardinal to start your NFL career. Before that, you were a Mizzou Tiger. And then right before that, you yeah. were a Blue Dragon. I was not yeah. aware of this, but our own Jim Omohundro, fine producer and former St. Louis guy himself, uh, made us aware that you were a member of the Hutchinson Community College Blue Dragons in Kansas, and <laughs> you weren't the only one in this Cardinals defense. Fill us in. Yes, that's true. That's true. So uh, when I when I left from high school, I had ended up going to junior college out in Hutchinson, Kansas. Like you said, playing, playing in JUCO with uh, Hutchinson Community College. And uh, Devon Dre Campbell, he was my roommate up there. He was my roommate while we was up in Hutchinson. And that's crazy. Me and him talk about it at least once a week or every other day. How it's crazy <laughs> that we playing on the same team in the NFL. So that's that's a, that's a pretty good story, man. And I'm excited for him because I really got to see him put in the hard work back in the day, and he got to see me putting the hard work. So. That's, that's, that's amazing to be able to be on the field with him. Come on now. Come on now, brother. Come on, Marcus. That's amazing. Tell, tell us a story. All right? Tell us yeah. a story from Hutchinson Community College. Who, 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 was, who was the voice of reason, Marcus? You know, between the two of you, when you guys were roommates, who was the crazy guy and who was the voice of reason You know, and was the rational guy? No, nah, man, we, we just used to be chilling, man. We was chilling. It's, it's pretty different, man. When you when you in, in, in JUCO, man, JUCO pretty different. So, man, we helped each other out a lot, man. I had his back, he had my back, and, uh, and that's that's really what it was, man. He was he was a good dude, man. And like I said, I'm 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 excited. I'm glad that he was able to do what he did because like we, we it's crazy because we really was young kids coming out of high school and and in JUCO with each other, and now we on the same NFL team, man. So I'm proud of him, man. And it, it's a good feeling to be able to play with him. Marcus, when you were at Hutchinson, did you ever think you'd play in the NFL? Yes, yes, I did. I mean, that was if I if I didn't think I would play in the NFL, I wouldn't even went out to Hutchinson and wasted my time. <laughs> Hutchinson, man, Hutchinson is pretty different, man. So, yeah, that was the only like, reason. Where I is it? Was. Like what? What town is it in? Uh, it's in it's Hutchinson, Kansas. It's Hutchinson. It's in a, yeah, it's a small town. You know, like I never driving up with my mom and dad. I, I we driving, and I'm like, I'm saying the dirt road, and I'm like, <laughs> oh man, this, this different, <laughs> this different. So it, it was just been a, it was a town that I wanted to get out of. Of course, I appreciate it. It was a good experience. I learned a lot right. being up there. I'm, I, I'm glad it was it happened to me because I learned a lot and became mature. But but. uh it, 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 it ain't nothing that I want to go back to for sure. <laughs> it made you just, even more desperate. Yeah. I, I mean, you're a city guy, right? You grew up in St. Louis, and then all of a sudden you're on a dirt road to uh, Hutchinson Community College. But you know, what's, you, know, you know what's amazing is, I mean, it's a certified football factory. Yeah. And, I mean, you, Alvin Kamara, Cordero yeah. Patterson, Gerald Everett, the Rams tight end. What? I mean, these, these are some of the names that went through Hutchinson, Marcus? Yes, yes. I, I played with Cordell Patterson, man. It was, it, it was some, a lot of great players up there that didn't make it, man. So that's 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 the thing about junior college. You learn a lot from now on in off the field, man. You got you really know if you really wanted or not going to junior college, especially up there in Hutchinson. And like I said, I don't want to make it seem like it was a bad thing. I had a great experience right. up there, met a yeah. lot of great people. So I, and I met a lot of great people in the town. So I got a lot of respect for Hutchinson, but. But it, it was it was it was uh, it was it was a good experience. But I was happy to, to get to Mizzou and be able to 
move along to the NFL. Well, forget about Hutchinson, okay, for the time being right now, but talk a little bit about Devondre Campbell, your former roomie, and his NFL experience. When you look at him play, what do you respect about Devondre Campbell in his game? Well, I always, what I always knew is he was smart, man. Even like in, in, in junior college, he always knew the plays, always was telling people what to do. So that's one thing, I, I, he, and I knew he react fast, man. The big guy that react fast and, and always flying around. So, and that's what I respect about him most, man. He know how to, he know everybody's job, even with mm-hmm. me just being here and, and sometimes not knowing exactly what to do. He was able to help me out. So that's that's one thing about him. He's smart and he and he get he get he fly fly around the field. And you're not kidding. I mean, he really gets sideline to sideline, doesn't he? You know, when I first saw him, when he showed up, I'm like, wow. I mean, he's standing eye to eye, nose to nose with Isaiah Simmons. He's the same size. Uh, you know, I'm guessing the 40 obviously isn't the same. But for that size, he definitely has the speed. And, and especially in that game against New England, like he was in the first month of the season, man, you just – he was always around the ball. Yes, yes, he was flying around. Man. And, and that's, what he, that's what he always been, a guy that fly around and – and know know everybody's job on the field, and that's why I'm even more excited to be on the field with him because I feel like me and him on the same on the same defense, man. We got a good chance. Can you talk about the confidence of the defense right now? Can you actually bring us up to speed on where you think you guys are? Because as you know, Marcus, it's so important to be confident, not only individually as a football player when you're competing at the highest level our species can generate, but also collectively. Talk about the confidence level on the defense right now. Like I said, and like I said, I like I haven't been here all, this whole year. But me coming in and being able to play with the defense—that's what I respect about the most. A lot of confident guys, and they actually believe we believing in each other and believing in the coaches. So that's what I respect the most. And we flying around and practice. And like I said, even when we get out there and do the good stuff, we come back and we we all excited to, to fix the mistakes. So that's what I that's what I notice most about the defense. Anytime you got a mindset like that, I know that you got a chance for some success on the field for sure. Well, look, we know you already played the Rams this season when you were with the Giants and you went to SoFi Stadium where the Cardinals are going to end up the season. So we're going to get into the Rams next. And what exactly needs to happen against Sean McVay, Jared Goff, try and crack the code of this Rams offense and get the Cardinals a much-needed win right now. They're a game behind the Rams. Of course, they're only a game ahead of the 49ers. The NFC West is about as tight as we thought, as competitive as we thought, and down the stretch we come in December football. So when we come back, we'll get into this, the matchup against the Rams offense, and what exactly the Cardinals have to do to beat L.A. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Our special guest, Marcus Golden as we continue uh, with the Big Red Rage here on this Thursday evening. Goff back to pass on third long. Instead, he is sacked by Marcus Golden. The junkyard dog. Got a treat. Goff is going to get hit at the 20 and sacked by Golden. Steps up and gets hit and sacked. Marcus Golden, another sack. I guarantee you right now, Jared Goff doesn't have a single hair on his back. (laughs) You can hear that dog barking right now, Marcus Golden. (laughs) 
we go. A little montage. One Marcus of my Gold. favorites, Bolly. I mean, it's just, that's great yeah, stuff. I, you know, <laughs> you know it, Marcus. <laughs> Wolf does some of his best work with you edge rushers, whether it's you or Chandler Jones, Marcus. You know, he, he enjoys, he, boom, he gets out of his seat in the radio booth when you guys make a play off the edge. I, I'm telling you. By the way, yeah. <laughs> we saw that against the Rams. And here on the Big Red Rage, before we go to the Rams 2020 and how you already played the Rams, we want to go back to 2017 in London and the Cardinals' very first game against Sean McVay. And, and you tell us, do you vividly remember hearing Sean McVay's voice out of the headset, through the ear holes of Jared Goff, as he was under center at the line of scrimmage, and up until 15 seconds are left on the play clock, you can hear his, his play caller and head coach barking out orders and instructions to his young quarterback. Do you remember that? No, no, I, I, I don't remember. That. I remember guys talking about it and everything, and guys saying that that was what was going on. But I was actually, I didn't get to play in that game. That year, oh. I was, I was, uh, but I remember guys talking about it and Chandler and was talking about it. But they said they said it was crazy. So yeah, I, I remember, but I ain't get to, I ain't get the chance to, to get out there with them. So talk gotcha. to us, talk to us about what it's like to play a team that basically owns you. Since Sean McVay has actually been the head coach in L.A., the Rams have won six straight games against the Cardinals. Do you guys think of that at all coming into this game? No, not at all. This is my first time knowing about that, too. So, no, I mean, you know, you got a lot of respect for Simon Faye and what he's been doing out there with the Rams. And I, and I, I didn't been able to play. I played against him this year, and I got a lot of respect for him. But we're going to be ready to get out there and compete. And that's when you look, and now finding that out, you look forward to getting out there and competing with him, competing with him even more. All right, so when guys ask you this week, all right, what's that Rams offense all about 2020? You already played them. What were some of your main takeaways after going against that offense? Uh, the same thing, man. They're talented. They got a, some talented receivers over there. Cooper, uh, he's real talented, man. And you got a, some the quarterback. I feel like he's good, even though his coach, if people say his coach is telling him what to do, he's the guy out there making the plays and making the throw. And I got a lot of respect for golf. And, and so that's not what they got. They got a lot of talented guys out there. Talk about the running attack, because to me, I think it's something that they've got to develop a little bit more, but when you watch them on tape, talk about their offensive line, if you don't mind, Marcus, and the running backs. Yes, the, the offensive line, you you, you got to respect a couple older guys, of course, uh, uh, if he's down right now, so you got another guy, he's been playing pretty good, number seven, he's been playing pretty good out there, and come stepping in for Whitworth, and the running backs, I remember playing them early on when I was with the Giants. They had some young running backs, and those guys were running hard. And just from watching film, you can tell they've been getting better as the season going on. So, and like I said, you've got to respect that that offense. They got some talent. Excited to get out there and play them. And last time I played them, I didn't really get to play a lot out there. And so, I only played a few plays. So, to get out there and be able to compete against the Rams, I'm always excited to get out and compete against the Rams. You know, the book on Jared Goff here over the past month or so, guys, is that he's been struggling with his downfield throws. He has 10 turnovers in the last four games, even though he had only four turnovers in the first seven games. Something's going on. They're not throwing downfield as much, and it's really resulted in Sean McVay relying on a lot of short passes and screens, and apparently the Niners, Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator, took advantage of that, and, and then they were able to get to Jared Goff. Vance Joseph, your defensive coordinator, Mark, is talking today about that need to get into the backfield. Obviously, applying some pressure you know, to the quarterback is 
it's always key to keep the pass game to a minimum. This quarterback is uh, very accurate. He throws the ball with great timing, and he has two great targets he's throwing the ball to, and that's Cup and Woods. You know, so it's, it's going to be a challenge to get those guys uh, contained with the pass game. To what degree is it critical that you try and disguise what you're doing? Not only the front end, but the back end as well, just to try and get Jared Goff and or any quarterback just thinking from snap to snap, Marcus. Yes, that's that's real important. You've got a lot of smart quarterbacks. That's, that's Most quarterbacks in the NFL are real smart and talented and got big arms. So you want to be able to switch it up on them. You know, you can't keep doing the same thing at them, but – at the end of the day, you got to be able to get after him, especially a guy like Golf. Got a big arm and got some good targets and cup and woods, and he can really get the ball out quick and, and he can make some big throws. So like that, you got to be able to get after him up front. And so so much, that's like, I, and like I keep saying, that's something I look forward to. You know, it's interesting, Marcus, because so much of the time, I think an offense that plays with leads, right? I think edge rushers and leads go very, very well together. I think an offense that gives a team a lead, does it make your job easier? And if it does, how? Uh, me, I, For me, I never really got into all of that. Of course, you want to be, if you get up and you got a lead in the game, you'll be able to rush more because the other team is passing. But like I said, when you play a team like the Rams, you're expecting them to pass anyway. you got a uh, mm-hmm. big-time quarterback back there, and you know you're going to be able to have a chance to get after the quarterback going against the Rams. But, of course, when you got a, when you got a good offense and playing with the Cardinals with Kyler Murray here, and he's being able to get the ball in the end zone a lot, leading, up, leading the offense – of course, that helps out a lot, too. Marcus, I, I've got to ask you this right here because I'm sorry, Polly, but this is incredible. Mar- Marcus, your, your approach to the game of football, it, it to me it sounds like the more and more I talk to you, you don't care what the score is. You don't care what the quarter is. You don't care who you're playing. You don't care. You're going to play every play the exact same way. If that is true, it, it, tell me if that's true, Marcus. Of course, of course, that's true, man. I, I feel like if you if you ain't playing like that, you ain't trying to win the game. And anytime I step on the field, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get out there and do whatever I got to do to help my team win. So, oh, okay. and I know, and I know, landing on the line, that's going to be able to help the team. So, where do you get that from? Where does that come from in you? Really, that's just uh, that's just how I was brought up, man. I, I just feel like being from St. Louis and. And growing up in St. Louis, that's just the mentality you got to have. And I was able to take that mentality and, and take it to the football field, and I've been able to have success with it, man. So that's just how I play the game. And then it goes back to, like I said, at the end of the day, I know I keep saying it, but I feel like if you want to win, you got to be able to play like that. And at the end of the day, I'm trying to win. No wonder, Wolf, and I think you just cracked that code. Guys feed off his energy, right? No wonder yeah, he's man. that catalyst on a defense Marcus Golden. I'll throw this at you, Marcus. You know, Wolf and I have been doing this long enough that we've seen teams come into State Farm Stadium and they have these highly rated defenses, right? The opposing defense is getting all this praise. And here's the Rams. They're the number one scoring defense. And they're number two in total defense. And they have Aaron Donald. And, and that can tend to fire up the Cardinals defense when they hear the opposing defense get all these props and praise. What do you think? Is that is that a little bit of that dynamic this week, perhaps? No, not not. I haven't felt that at all. I haven't felt like that at all. I feel like it's more of a it's a rival game, and you know, you like you said, it's it's a rival game. We play them every year, and I, like I, me being from St. Louis, Missouri, and growing up a Rams fan, and 
all of that. So that's what I look more for, towards is a rival game, and and, then, and it's a and it's a December game. So you know it's going to be a physical game. You know it's going to be exciting, and that's what I look forward to. You you know what, Marcus? They left St. Louis, so you owe them one. You know, on behalf of everyone in St. Louis, all your friends and family, you need to take it out on the Rams. <laughs> Nah, nah, we, we we already get paid them back for that one, man. So now, now I just want to get out there and get out there and compete and win, for we can, for we can be able to move on and keep competing, man. That's what I'm, that's what I'm focused on right now. Marcus, just remember, I played for the Rams my last year, <laughs> in 1995 in St. Louis, man. Oh, it was fantastic being back in St. Louis as well, Marcus. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for your time, brother. We appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. It's always good talking to you. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, Marcus. Thank you very much. Outstanding. I ran into him in the team hotel, Wolf, in the meal room. He couldn't see it. I had this massive smile on my face. He couldn't see it because I was wearing a mask. But they're always smiling. We're on Marcus Golden. We'll come back, wrap up this edition of the Big Red Range, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. And nobody give us a chance. Hey, we pipe together. We know where our house is. Let's go out here and destroy them, man. Set the tempo. Set the tone. DB's on three. One, two, three. DB. I'm going to talk to you in a little while. He's still round, round. Woo! Watch yourself, boy. Watch yourself, A6. Watch yourself, A6. Watch yourself. I'm coming to get you. Wow. The unmistakable voice of former Cardinal, the late, great Kwame Lassiter. He would have been 51 today, Ron Wolfley. Passed away in January 2019. First player host of the Big Red Rage, circa 2002. That was right about the time when Kwame Lasseter had that nine interception season. Mm -hmm. I mean, some unbelievable football played by the former Cardinals safety. And a guy who also played for the Chargers and wrapped up with the Rams. He, He played in St. Louis 2004 and... This is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. And the Rams are the team on the schedule not once but twice over these final five games. And, and we'll, as you've been looking at film and just based on past games, six games, six losses against Sean McVay, is there one common theme or thread? Is there something that he's able to do to get over on the Cardinals year to year and have such success. Yeah, for the most part, Polly, I would say turnovers and field position. I think this is going to be critical in this game. I just want to comment on Kwame, if you don't mind, Polly. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry about this, but I have to do this. When I think of Kwame Lasseter, Polly, I think of love and respect. It fills me in my heart. Love and respect for him. And, Paulie, we talk an awful lot about legacy, right? People, what's your legacy? And what, what is your legacy? And, You know what? Honestly, that's what his legacy is. When you think of Kwame, 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 the love and respect that I have in my heart for him, he's sorely missed. There's no doubt about that. But I I tell you, you think of Kwame, you can't help but smile. You can't. He was always... He was always the bright spot in the room, always the nicest guy in the room. Yep. At the same time, he'd have fun with you and trash talk you, especially out on the golf course. Oh, my goodness. Could oh. he hit a golf ball as well? Wow. Oh. Could he play? Yes, I, he, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, Wolf, how many Cardinals charity golf events did we MC that Kwame won? Yeah, Are you yeah, kidding Exactly, Bali. But going back to this game right here, so forgive me for that, ball. but field position is going to be paramount in this game. I mean, anytime you talk about field position as well, Look to your special teams. They control field position. 
where the other team starts their drives and where your team starts their drives, it's critical. And that's field position, and that is controlled by the transition teams. And we know the Arizona Cardinals are coming off maybe their worst game in the Jeff Rogers era as special teams coordinator that they've probably played right now. Jeff Rogers, talk about a guy I got so much regard and respect for, a guy that is an awesome special teams coach. He's not going to abide this very well. I expect the special teams to play a lot better, but then turnovers as well dictate where drives start, don't they, Paul? And I can tell you that's where they need to to win this game is turning over Jared Goff. Well, and that's where the Rams have lost recently. Goff has the 10 turnovers in the last four games, and to the point where there's one thing that Sean McVay and Cliff Kingsbury, probably several things they have in common, but one of them is Sean McVay never, ever will cite a player and hoist any criticism to the media. Everything when it goes wrong is the fault of the head coach, except this past week when he said our quarterback needs to Mm -hmm. stop turning over the football. Yep. And Jared Goff heard it loud and clear because it's probably the only time Sean McVay has ever named a name in that regard. But it's very real, is it not? I mean, those who cover the Rams talk about he's not throwing it downfield. And and they're settling for short passes and screens. I just don't see the Arizona Cardinals ripping off 10 play drives, 12 play drives, 15 play drives against this defense. I just do not see that. This defense is elite. And if that's the case, man, field position, where they get the ball, turnovers, takeaways, this is going to be huge. That's, to me, that's how they beat the Rams turnover Jared Goff you realize their number one ranked scoring defense number two in total D they allow only 4.4 points per game in the second half this season think about that yeah special thanks Jim Almondro Cody Fincher Marcus Golden here on the Big Red Rage Ron Wolfway on Paul Calvisi have a great night everyone been listening to the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert are you santan ford state farm talk to an agent today at 800 state farm and by arizona cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts this has been an exclusive presentation of the arizona cardinals football club